welcome to the second season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each week I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. My guests today are Courtney Farrell and Sean Leischer. Courtney has worked as a math teacher at Bronx Theater High School for the past 13 years, where she has directed seven student productions, created a musical theater program, and is tech theater advisor. When not directing at school, she stage manages downtown theater productions. Sean is a dramaturg based in the Lehigh Valley region of Pennsylvania, with a background in directing middle and high school theater. He is also a co-founder and the literary manager of Emerge Theatre Company in Bethlehem, PA. We're going to talk today about directing middle school and high school students in musical theatre. Welcome to the podcast, Courtney and Sean. We have two guests today, both in the room with us, which is really exciting. We're going to get started with our get to know our guest questions. Uh, so what was your first experience with a musical? Um, so let's see, when I was in eighth grade, I was living in Colorado and we did Titanic. And it wasn't technically the musical, it was a, a stage play, but we lip synced to a song from the Broadway musical. And then simultaneous to this happening, my dad was getting a new job and we were gonna have to move to Long Island. And um, my parents took us on this trip to New York and we got to see Titanic the musical. And I was Ooh. like so insanely excited and I thought it was <laughs> incredible. And like like the stage tilts and all, I mean, I love Titanic the musical, like it's so beautiful. And then I like went back to my teacher when I got back to Colorado Springs and I was like, look what we did. And I showed her the playbill and I was telling her all about it. And she was like, really excited and I think she knew then that I was gonna like love musicals for life. <laughs> nice so like most kids uh, of the late 80s and 90s I was um, a Disney kid mm -hmm. um, I remember seeing The Little Mermaid in the theaters um, and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin that that run of the the new golden age of Disney musicals um, but also, I remember VH wearing out my VHS copies of Mary Poppins and and Pete's Dragon, which I really think should become a stage production. Oh, um, I love that movie. I know when they when they remade it, I was like really upset that when that it wasn't a musical. I honestly cannot remember the last time, the first time I saw a stage musical. For some reason, my gut tells me it was a dinner theater production of Annie. Mm -hmm. I believe it was at the Dutch Apple Dinner Theater in Lancaster, PA, <laughs> and I recently checked when the last time they did Annie and it was in 1992 so I would have been six so that checks out I grew up about 25 minutes outside of New York City and um, I didn't really go to Broadway until I was in uh, in high school we saw the Faith Prince revival of um, Bells Are Ringing oh. and it was just a really random show and then mm -hmm. from then we just uh, my mom and I would just make trips and we we did the classics we did Phantom in Chicago and the producers and um, oh, I was kind of a nut ever since. Nice. Uh, what is the last great musical you saw and why? Um, so I loved the revival for Once on This Island. That mm -hmm. was last season. I saw it literally four times. Oh, nice. Um, so the first time I saw it was an educator's night, which was great. 
Um, and I was just obsessed with it because I, I love things that are in the round and it had all these like amazing like elements of like it rains, like there's sand on the floor, there's like goats and chickens and like during pre-show like people are talking to you. Like I always love when the characters are out there talking um, and they're like cooking food um, <laughs> and just like it, it's so beautiful like the mythology of the story and like kind of the like Little Mermaid sort of tie-in. Um, yeah, and just like it's so important to me that there's people of color represented because all of my students are students of color, um, and I feel like recently this has shifted. But like for a very long while there, like Broadway was just extremely white, mm -hmm. and like my kids were not seeing people that represented them. I ended up getting tickets for my students to see it, oh, nice. and we went and saw it, and they were like, they're obsessed with it. I was in Philly recently, and um, for Philly Theater Week, which is it's only in its second year, but Theater Philadelphia. Um, created Philly Theater Week and it's just like a way to get people excited about the different companies that are going on and there was one company there called the Humminbards which um, they focus on uh, creating new work um, that focuses um, on, uh, that focus on making work for the queer community in Philly and they created this devised musical called We'll Sleep When We're Dead and it was a sci-fi musical about a time where people get implants so they don't have to sleep and people go to these things called sleepies where they, they take <laughs> these drugs that make them sleep and dream. And it was just, it was just so good and so original. And I mean, like I said, I, I don't get to see musicals as much as I'd like and, and especially not new musicals. And this was just such, so refreshing. And it was a device musical. It wasn't something that was workshopped to death. Right. It was, it, it was a, a group of really smart artists came together and, and, created this piece and it was in somebody's loft apartment and every, we were all kind of like cramped in and it was just really scrappy and and I'm used to seeing that more with solo shows uh -huh. and um, p uh, plays but to see that kind of like like let's get together and just make something yeah. with a musical like that was just really inspiring and and it turned out to be a really really good musical curious um, what was like the instrumentation that they used it was a it was an onstage band i believe it was a, like a guitarist a bass player a drum mm -hmm. player um yeah it was it was really um it, it was really it was very much a rock score i want yeah. to see this now the humminbards check them out yeah i want to go to the the sleep easy what uh what older or classic show did you see uh, did you recently see for the first time and what was your experience with it? So last season I saw Carousel, mm -hmm. which I was familiar with, but because I was in it in high school, uh -huh. um, but I had never actually like seen. Um, and yeah. I knew that it, I went in and I was like, okay, like I know I'm going to have some issues with like <laughs> the script, um, but I just couldn't resist because like I needed to see Jesse Mueller and Joshua Henry. Yeah. Um, Especially because Joshua Henry spoke at my kid's graduation a few years ago. Oh, nice. And then he, like, stayed and, like, talked with them and, like, genuinely cared about getting to know them. And so I will always love him. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I was really excited to see it. But I'll be honest, I, I did have some issues with it because, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's super, like, sexist. And mm -hmm. he treats her terribly and everyone's fine with it. And then, like, I, I always get upset when I, like, 
see a play and I'm like, what was the point? Like, mm -hmm. I, f I feel like everything should have a point. And this is like a passionate conversation I've had with like multiple people where they're like, it doesn't always have to have a lesson. Like, you're such a teacher. <laughs> and I'm like, but it does. And like, I just feel like I still like, what is the point of Carousel? Like, mm -hmm. like his daughter has a terrible life and he sees that she has a terrible life and it stays terrible. And and what happens? <laughs> and so I feel like I didn't, I, d I wasn't able to rise above my opinion of Carousel by seeing it. It's definitely not as uh, classic as Carousel, but I did watch the um, the revival of um, G the the James Lapine director revival of Falsettos. Oh yeah! And I really loved it. I didn't realize mm -hmm. it was completely sung through. Mm -hmm. um, the cast was just fantastic and and very different uh, different kinds of performances from the from what I expected. I mean. Christian Brawl, I, I knew him from Spamalot and mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Legally Blonde recording, and I saw Andrew Rannells in Book of Mormon, and yeah, it was a really, really moving and, and deep uh, musical. The, the, the score was fantastic. Which writers, both of the past and working today, do you admire most? Well, number one for me is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm -hmm. um, definitely obsessed with Hamilton and In the Heights, I would say, is my top favorite musical, um, which I directed at school. It was the first musical we've ever done at my school. Um, and then I also love, you know, Sondheim. I love um, just saw Merrily, you know, with my students recently. Oh, that, that um, probably was very cool to yeah. hear their perspective on that. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they really got it. I was yeah. really impressed. They were like... Yeah, it made me think about like the choices I'm making now. The classics, I love Jerry Herman. Um, mm -hmm. Lacage and Hello Dolly are probably two of my favorite scores. Um, um, being a being a mostly play person, I love when playwrights make the jump to musicals to do to do book writing. Lisa Crone's stuff for um, Fun mm -hmm. Home was fantastic. Um, speaking of uh, Land Within the Heights, Kiara Hudes is a fantastic book writer, um, mm -hmm. not just for In the Heights, but I recently, um, um, I didn't get to see it, but I listened to the soundtrack for um, Missy Like Hell, and yeah. like, oh, that, I really wish I could have seen that. I hope they, I hope they bring it back. Um, but I think the, the best, my, my favorite book writer of musicals um, might be Marsha Norman. I think mm. um, if you, especially for the book of The Secret Garden, which is one of my favorite musicals, um, yeah, she's, the way she's able to streamline, um, I, I always think of that scene when um, uh, the 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 person from uh, Archibald Craven's house is picking up Mary to bring to the house, and it's just mm -hmm. like this amazing streamlined scene of like, okay, this is what you need to know. Here are the characters and everything. Yeah. I'm like, that's just brilliant book writing. Let's move on to our topic. I kind of want to start with just like you guys talking about kind of what you do and how old the kids you teach are. Do you do like a musical? Do you do like one a year or that kind of thing cool so i guess since we're going this way <laughs> start with you courtney i teach at bronx theater high school um and this is my 13th year teaching there um it's the only school i've ever taught at um and yeah so basically i'm a math teacher um so no you know theater education training um my theater -ness comes from doing um stage management both mm -hmm. through college and then also 
still now, although I do less now in the in the evenings than I used to when I first moved here. Yeah. Um, after college. Uh, but yeah, so our theater program is when the kids are um, freshmen, they get kind of a, a taste of the design and the acting. Um, and then when they move into sophomore year, they can choose, you know, oh, I want to keep like tasting or I want to like just take design all year or acting all year. Um, and then junior year, they do like more of a classical work. So like this year, for example, they're doing Crucible. Senior year, they do senior ensemble. And that, that can be a mixture depending on the year. So um, some years kids have written their own thing. And then sometimes they'll vote on doing a play. Like maybe there's not a, a student playwright that year. So they'll do like a, a work that they found. So all that was kind of in place um, yeah. for a while. And then... Five or six years ago, I was stage managing at um, Atlantic Acting School, and the kids were doing their first musical at Atlantic. They didn't do any musicals before, um, and it was Spring Awakening. Mm -hmm. And I was just watching, and I was like, I was watching them figure out how a school with no music program was still able to do a musical. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, these kids are like two years older than my kids. Like we could do musicals at Bronx theater. We should do musicals. <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, like I want to do musicals. And I like put together this like whole pitch and I even like recorded myself, um, like talking about, here's why I think we should do musicals. And I like burned the, I really want to do in the Heights. Cause I thought it would be the perfect first musical, mm -hmm. you know, like m my kids are basically like, you know, half Latino half black and so I was like this is perfect and we have like a huge ESL population and they're Spanish and it's gonna be amazing <laughs> um and I like burned the soundtrack for my principal and put my little like mp3 of me explaining why we should do musicals in it um and we started doing musicals yes. um and the cool thing about the musicals at Bronx Theater is that um it's not attached to a course like the senior ensemble or junior ensemble is mm -hmm. um so it means that anyone can audition yeah and so for like one of the first times ever we had like freshmen like in a full-scale yeah. production um and so we've done three so far and we usually cut them in half so like when we did in the heights we did act one mm -hmm. in the spring and then the following fall we did act two and then the next year we did rent like first act in the fall second act in the spring mm -hmm. um, and then we just recently did the same thing we did into the woods in the fall or i'm sorry in the spring and then the second the second act was in the fall mm -hmm. um the idea being that when freshmen see like act two in like october mm. then they're like "Ooh, i should audition for the next one and like kind of rev them up for like what bronx theater can be I currently am a retired middle school theater teacher. Um, I ran an after-school program at a middle school in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was a little different than Courtney's school. Um, we didn't have a ton of resources, so it was a lot of flying by the seat of our pants, putting it together as we go. The school actually just started doing musicals about five years before, and we were just like kind of exploring the Broadway Junior catalog. Um, in previous years, they did Music Man Junior, Guys and Dolls Junior, um, and I, when I came in, we did Thoroughly Modern Millie, um, Little Mermaid Junior, um, Susicle Junior, and I did, I did do a full length. We worked on Hello Dolly, but it was just, it was just a great experience. I directed Your Good Man Charlie Brown at a Christian high school, and nine kids came out, so nine kids were in our show. Um, we had to build the stage ourselves. Um, so that was kind of an interesting thing. Nowadays, I kind of, um, 
Uh, I am very much a fan of high school musical, high school and middle school musical theater in our area. It's a big deal around us. We have this thing called the Freddie Awards, which if you go to Netflix, there's a documentary called Most Valuable Players, and it's about our the Freddie Awards, which is, I mean, maybe we'll talk about that later. I have I have issues with <laughs> um, I have issues with um, the whole thing. I th- I mean, I it's it's great when you have a program that celebrates the arts and it, it was created basically as like these the football team is getting all this attention we want to bring it to the theater department too and that's fantastic i feel like i kind of moved away from that mm-hmm. the, that that original vision yeah. and um it breaks my heart when adults are kind of like saying oh this this 13 year old is better than that 13 i'm like they're kids yeah. Like my senior year yeah. of high school is when we were started to be eligible to right. participate in the area mm-hmm. awards, and it was, just, and I got one, but it was it was so weird. Right now, I mostly I'm a dramaturg and a literary literary manager for my own company, a merged theater company, but I'm very still invested in um, youth uh, student theater in my community. I still mentor a lot of students. Um, uh, a lot of the readings I have, I make sure that they're about high school students so we can make sure that these kids see that new work is being written for them mm-hmm. like with this thing like the awards they kind of like give you out the list of like these are all the schools that are doing and what the shows are doing so i mean I'll, I'll, one weekend i'll go see a show of a school that has a really tiny budget and um and then the next weekend i'll see a production where they have the entire rented broadway touring set mm-hmm. for the show and it's 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 interesting I'm very curious about like how students respond to musicals, especially those who had never worked on them before. How did your students respond to working on a musical as opposed to a play or as opposed to something you know they may have done in like elementary school? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my my shows in elementary school were were very different. So thinking back to like when we first started, like when we were like, okay, we're doing in the Heights. Um, so going in, I knew that my students loved singing because we would do um, these things we call incubators where like once a month on a Friday, we would have kids, you know, do like maybe a spoken word or maybe they wanted to sing or do a scene that they wrote or a dance. I knew that kids loved singing, but that they didn't have a, a place where they could learn like the technique of singing, like reading of music and whatnot. Um, and so when we started i was like we're doing in the heights there were kids who were like but i i can't sing and i i as a person who like loves musicals but also has no training myself for Mm -hmm. like reading music or teaching it i was like oh hmm crap like what are we gonna do about that (laughs) so then i was like well good we have like roundabout theater company as partnership with my school and so we got a teaching artist in who acted as the music director and Mm -hmm. then i was the director and like that fixed part of it um so like to answer the question of like how did how did kids react um they were excited but nervous and i took over the sophomore class of another teacher and was like okay this is the class that's doing in the heights and we just got to treat it as like rehearsal space and mm-hmm. then once we performed it that's when like the rest of the um the school was like oh this is what a musical looks like and then they got very excited um but i also feel like uh, the extremes kind of go both ways because like maybe they acted way more like excited and into a musical than a play but they mm-hmm. also were were very more there was much more fear mm-hmm. like in terms of like 
like a kid would come to me like a month or two later. Like maybe they would come like when the show was over and be like, that was so great. I should have been in that. <laughs> and I was like, why didn't you audition then? And they were like, well, because I was nervous, right? Yeah. Or like, because I didn't think I could sing. Oh, I didn't realize like that there could have been like a dancer part for me and I didn't need to sing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people are very, they get very excited about musicals and, and th- it has that like emotional pull of like, I, I can I can feel the emotions through singing that I might not be able to feel or express through just just my words. Yeah. Right. Nice. Um, that makes me think of just in general a topic of uh, non singing roles in musicals because that allows students who can't sing to also participate and have like speaking part and they can then kind of like hide in the <laughs> chorus yes. or whatever but because uh, we had some of that we did some shows with that in my high school and people who hadn't been in the musical before could do it right yeah no I mean my younger brother he was he was in his school musicals all all throughout high school but he couldn't he couldn't sing he couldn't really dance but um he was Officer Krupke and mm-hmm. in West Side Story, and he was very excited because they they had a song about him, but he didn't have to sing or dance or anything. Yeah. Um, also, um, I find that with those situations, sometimes later the kid ends up singing. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I'm thinking of one of my students, Chenille. She had said to me, like, "Oh, I want, I definitely want to be in." into the woods but I I don't want to sing and I was like okay that's fine and um, she and another girl were the stepsisters and they Mm -hmm. were like amazingly awesome yeah Um, and then at one point during rehearsal we had a situation where the kid who was playing Jack had had a family issue and he wasn't around and Chanel was like well I I can help during rehearsal and then she proceeds to do um, your fault perfectly (laughs) like like it was amazing Mm -hmm. and like and I was just floored I was like I don't even know how to respond to this kids will be like well miss can I be in it like I I can't sing Mm -hmm. like can I be in the back or like can I be sleeping beauty and I'm like sure of course like just you know like come to rehearsal and and then it's like this slow like kind of Mm -hmm. crawl of like so now that I'm here I realize like I I can sing (laughs) and I'm like oh you don't say oh do you want to sing now go for it (laughs) yeah well that's I mean we did uh damn Yankees my senior year and um my one of my friends who only did the plays there's like two neighbors of the Meg character Mm -hmm. who kind of come in and out um and uh so she got she was in a musical with that I think she had like one line to sing which she did fine and uh and that was in she was in the musical Mm -hmm. and there's like I think um in Bye Bye Birdie the Mrs. Peterson doesn't have a song, right? I remember they wrote one. They wrote for, one for, for like the film version, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think they ever had it in the stage version. But yeah. same with the mayor too. Mm-hmm. Um, like the mayor is a, a great part in Bye Bye Birdie, and he doesn't have to sing at all. And yeah, because like the yeah the those are especially the mother is just a big mm-hmm. part, and that's for a non-singer. Mm-hmm. Well, and you look at shows like um like The Music Man mm-hmm. and. Like, these are great shows for, for comedic actors who don't have to sing, like right. um, uh, Mayor Shin and uh, you, Laylee, and mm-hmm. just being goofy. And it's, and it's even like, it's better when you don't sing well. Mm-hmm. 
What about your kids? Like, what did you notice about them? Like their response to performing well, in these musicals? I mean, I was I was lucky that when I started work. So I mean, the majority of the work I did was with sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Which mm-hmm. I mean, the sixth graders. I mean, I still think of they're, they're babies, really. Mm-hmm. Um, eighth graders, they're they're too cool for school mm-hmm. when they're in eighth grade. But I mean, I was lucky enough that our community had our the high school musical theater scene in our community was very vibrant so pretty much all the kids knew what a musical looked like mm-hmm. when they came in um that was both a blessing and a curse because um i was very into let's do character work let's do table work and yeah. and they just kind of wanted to be like well when are we going to try on our costumes <laughs> when, and like, it's, we're like a week into rehearsing and we still have like a couple months before opening night and they're just like when am i gonna am i gonna have my costume soon and and I'm just like, yes, you're gonna have your costume. Don't worry about it. Um, and and there's uh, I when I directed for a high school one time, this this high school they we had to build our like I said we had to build a stage in the auditorium. Um, I actually did a play with them. We did a It's a Wonderful Life the 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 radio drama. Oh, um, we just I just that's how, that's I met how you. we met. Okay. <laughs> well, we did we did that in a classroom, and I yeah. had a student come up to me and said like, well, when are we gonna do theater? And I'm like. What do you mean? We're doing theater. They're like, no, theater is like when we when we do the makeup and the hair and the lights and the the curtain. I'm like, oh, so yeah. it was, like I said, it was a blessing and a curse. Where I'm like, I'm glad I didn't have to like. Obviously, you have to say here stage left, stage right, but I didn't have to explain like this is a musical, mm-hmm. and I didn't have anybody like saying like why are they singing out of nowhere. People understood musicals, but it was also just like they had like these really high expectations mm-hmm. and like like how do you tell a, a 11 12 year old like we, we don't have it in the budget or we don't have a fly system to uh, <laughs> i know right yeah. i was very lucky in that my middle school theater program was very good and mm-hmm. that the person who uh directed the high school shows at right. the at this time also uh directed the middle school ones mm-hmm. so they were basically like just a very like smaller version of what she was doing in high school with the high schoolers Mm -hmm. um so we did like my sixth grade year we did peter pan with they were flying the the people which which peter pan mary martin okay yeah yeah. and i mean something i noticed that when you're doing something that kids know yeah they get really they get really pumped about it like i like the four years i worked with middle schoolers i it it was it wasn't intentional at first but I ended up doing classic, well-known, mm-hmm. classic, well-known. So like yeah. when I did, when I did uh, the first show, we did Thirty Mother Millie Junior. Mm-hmm. We had a good turnout, and the the kids like studied Sutton Foster and stuff like that. But nobody really yeah. knew Thirty Mother Millie. But when I say we're doing Disney's Little Mermaid, that's when I get fifty girls who want to be Ariel. Mm-hmm. When I do something like Hello Dolly, like the kids had a blast doing it, and they and um, mm-hmm. they really were excited. But they were just like what the heck is this hello dolly yeah. <laughs> like a lot i'm sure a lot of them didn't even know what they were saying like so yeah it was it was a lot of fun it was both a great experience um the kids had a lot of fun working on stuff they were familiar with but also kind of getting a theater education and just like um learning what it's like to work on period pieces yeah. and the response from the students really varied from show yeah. to show right right um well, that makes sense but yeah but but the consistent thing was no matter what show it was it the weekend they wanted to know where their costumes and <laughs> what if they were wearing a wig and right right you know, can i get my hair dyed right that was a big one too um 
I mean, that brings up, like, do you think there are, um, like, shows that, like, are just good for middle school, shows that are, like, good for high school, shows that are, like, I mean, obviously there is appropriate and inappropriate right. material, but just in terms of, like, hand, like obviously Hello, Dolly is just in general appropriate show, mm-hmm. but just in terms of, like, the level of understanding and getting, being able to play the characters and getting stuff out of it, right. um, do you think that, like, there are levels of, like, what's appropriate for certain age groups? Hmm. I feel like I'm always trying to select shows and expose kids to shows where like that they can see themselves in yeah so um like like i said the only three musicals we've done so far have been in the heights rent and into the woods and so in the heights has plenty of you know younger characters and then rent you know slightly Mm -hmm. up um and then with into the woods like that was the first one where it was like okay um there's you know a lot more adult characters than kid characters, right? right. And so that was great because I had, like, plenty of support with um, another really awesome teacher who did tons of character work, and, like, we were able to draw parallels between, like, how are these characters like you? Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think I would would probably struggle um, doing, like, a more classic, like, a Hello, Dolly or something with them because Mm -hmm. I I think they're... I think I might push back a little, and I think they would only because it's not something they're familiar with. Right. Which maybe is a whole, you know, separate kind of problem is they need to see themselves represented in, mm. in mm-hmm. pieces that mm-hmm. are that are on Broadway and pieces they're seeing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but in terms of like appropriate content, I'm I always feel like I mean I teach in the Bronx, so I <laughs> I just feel like I'm like you guys have seen it all. Your lives are hard enough. Like if you want to do a play with content that is like quote like difficult like go mm-hmm. for it you know because that's them expressing their lives right. um mm-hmm. whereas i mean my high school would never have done rent like and we did the whole thing the only except contact and I'm, I'm fine with the kids hearing and seeing contact like in the disc that I showed them but mm-hmm. I, I just didn't want to direct my mm-hmm. teenage you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> students in this in the scene contact but everything else we did yeah and I was like why not like you guys talk about this stuff anyway like I just really believe you should just be like open and honest um, about all that stuff right with high schoolers mm-hmm. yeah well I mean I, I definitely evolved over time about my ideas of what's good for middle schoolers I think I think if you would have asked me to direct a show today I probably wouldn't do Hello Dolly because <laughs> um, it was it, I mean I loved it and the, and the kids had a good time doing it but it but it, they didn't it was hard for them to see themselves in it mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I totally understand that and, and part of part of me wanting to do Hello Dolly was also just being like, like can they handle that like can we mm-hmm. can I really like let me it was almost just like a test like how, how far like how far can I push them? Can they can they handle a challenging show like this? Can they handle a show over an hour? That mm-hmm. was a big question working with middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like when I worked, I, I think Seussical is a great show for middle schools and high schools. It's a show that's whimsical and fun, but it's complex too. Mm-hmm. There is there are some really deep themes, and you can relate to the bullying aspect of it. Um, 
but I, I think In the Heights is great for, for high schools. Jurgen and Charlie Brown is a good one for high schools, I think. Um, I'm definitely into, I mean, I, I go, I, the, the district that I live in, the, like, they did, they did cabaret one year for their high school show, and mm-hmm. they had a fit over it, and, <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah, they, this, this, it's, it's hard, it's hard in, um, when you're working with rural communities, because, I mean, I'm all for just like let's push the envelope as far as we can go. Yeah. So it, it pisses me off when I hear that a high school is doing Legally Blonde and they're just like, oh, well, this character's gay, so we, we can't be doing that and mm. everything like that. And it's it's really really frustrating where 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 I come from and but I mean but but whitewashing is okay and yellowface is okay. Mm. I don't I, I never want to say this school should do this. Um, I would say I'd say don't do carousel. <laughs> I know. <right>? Um, <laughs> um, I'd say I mean it's 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 a taste thing for me yeah. too. So I'm like, I, and I'm kind of done with West Side Story too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because because we're 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 going through a tough we're it's really tough for the Latinx community with with um, with representation and and maybe maybe we should stop having all these white kids do West Side Story mm-hmm. as an educational experience. I mean, I would love to do it at at my school, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like that's because the kids would bring their own experience right. to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting problem, and, because, um, like, people, there are people who do feel like if it's a school, if it's educational, mm-hmm. it's okay. Uh, Once on this island, I've heard of that one being done in you know all white schools. And I mm-hmm. think that writers even okay to like a all white that it's okay to do all white productions of it. MTI lets you do that with hairspray. Oh yeah, which like drives me like I don't understand that. Well, because they'll make more money. Exactly, it's it's, <laughs> it's that. And and this this one school in my community that did two years in a row. They did Miss Saigon with a mostly white cast. And they did West Side Story with um, um, brown with um, whitewashed roles. The school was in the news because kids were drawing swastikas oh on the building and um, uh, chanting "Build the Wall," and 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 the theater was just they were just oblivious. They're just like, so yeah, we can we can be doing these these um, uh, these whitewashed productions. They bring up the idea of like, well, it's educational. Yeah. But but then in the theater classes, are you teaching them just Shakespeare and Chekhov mm-hmm. and Miller? Right. Um, I just look at it where it's like, I mean, and I've t- I've talked to friends of mine who were in high school, like, like I was a white T Moon, and I was yeah, um, and they're just like we didn't learn anything. We just we were just putting on a musical. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And what is the lesson? Because right. clearly no one is learning these lessons. They're just like, oh, these are beautiful songs. I want to get to sing them. So right. I should get to sing them. I just don't, I just don't think it yeah. ever should be done at any level. That's just my, that's just my opinion. I can't recommend enough the, the play Yellowface by David, oh, David yeah, Henry Wong. So mm-hmm. It's a very funny play, but it's also a very dark play about what happened with Miss Saigon and, and Jonathan Price coming over from, uh, and even though they, they didn't have his eyes taped back and all like the makeup uh, and everything, right. he was still a white British man playing the engineer. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just, and, and to not even, to not even acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, and when you're doing West Side Story and all you're talking about is like, yeah, we're going to, it's, it's about understanding each other and, and not mm-hmm. to men, not to talk about the history of the whitewashing and it's, it just makes me think of like, there's so many people I come across that do theater and it's the whole, 
um, well, I don't see, it's, we do colorblind casting, yeah. or um, uh, it's just theater. What are your takes on kind of doing the Broadway junior version of a show versus the, um, you know, full length actual show, or doing something that's a classic versus something that's very, not completely new work, but something that's been on, uh, premiered on Broadway in the last, like, 10 years, say. They kept talking about, like, oh, we should do High School Musical. We should do Grease. And I was uh, like, you're not allowed to say those two things no. to me ever again. We did those Grease are the in, rules. We did Grease in my high school. <laughs> yeah, I would get a lot of, why aren't we doing High School Musical? <laughs> right. And it, but, I mean, I wasn't of the generation of High School Musical, so mm -hmm. I was a little too old for it when it came out, so it wasn't, it was never something I wanted to do. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I, and I was like, okay, like, self, like, s stop getting annoyed. Like, why are they saying this? And I was right. like, because it's what they see. And, like, mm -hmm. Grease is about high schoolers. Mm -hmm. And High School Musical is, like, you know, everyone has seen it. It's Disney. Everyone's going to have seen it. Yeah. And then I was like, so fix it. And so we, I did this, like, musical theater class where I was like, okay, like, every week you're going to read about a musical you've never heard of before. Mm. You're going to mm. pick a song from it. You're going to play it for the class. And you're going to talk about it. And then, like, by the end of the semester, they all had, like, a hundred new musicals that mm -hmm. they never heard of. Sounds oh, like so cool. similar to this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I kind of, I think, I think they both have a place. I feel mm -hmm. like, I mean, my, like, kind of dream would be for kids to do, like, like, one year do a musical that was, like, more classic. And then, yeah. like, one year do a musical that, like, was more modern, I guess. Because mm -hmm. that way they kind of had the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of experience with the with the Broadway Junior, and mm -hmm. the, the benefits with those is it just makes my life easier because it comes with a performance CD, so I don't have to <laughs> wrangle <laughs> yes. a pit. Um, yeah. And and I mean, some of them are really really good. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always wary of the ones that aren't regular Broadway shows, but mm -hmm. they just make juniors because why not? It's money. Yeah. Um, that's happened. That tends to happen a lot with Disney, where Disney will. Um, like they have a Alice in Wonderland, either kids or junior, but I've seen that produced a couple of times and I'm like, but this is, this wasn't a Broadway show. So why are you making Alice in Wonderland? And, and I understand it's, it's because the kids know it. Um, yeah. I, but it's, I just didn't want, I never wanted to talk down to my kids yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give them a challenge with the, with the work. Um, so I, I prefer to do, um, Stuff that was both fun for them, but that was challenging. I think I'd like to see thirteen done a lot more. Mm, I'm um, just thirteen. Yeah, it's and it's, it's it's stuff that the kids relate to and everything. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, but some school in my area did it and they had a fit because they were talking about I don't know erections or something. Uh, and like I I always look at that list of like what are the show what like what are the most produced shows plays yeah. and musicals for high schools and mm -hmm. I think last year was like this past year was like the Adams Family for musicals which oh. is like that's a fun show yeah. and like sure. it's interesting because yeah. a lot of the shows on that list have come out in the last yeah. like 10 mm -hmm. to 15 years like or Shrek's so. a big one Shrek um, um, Legally Blonde I think mm -hmm. has been yeah. on maybe my former high school I've kind of like uh, kept up with what they've been doing at least and um, they did uh, they did uh, Pasek and Paul's uh, James and the Giant Peach mm, that's a mm. oh that's another one that's a really good musical yeah yeah I mean I haven't seen it but I was like huh like that's a that's like a kids yeah book a kids show but it's written by like 
you know, the writers of Dear Evan Hansen, so everybody's super excited, right, right. you know. Why don't we move on to the Why Is This So Good section. Let's start with Blackout from In the Heights. I love In the Heights. I just love everything about it. Um, and the reason this particular one is so exciting is... Um, so one of the beautiful things that Lin-Manuel does is he layers, right? And this show, this song, has all of the layers in there. So you've got, like, you know, Benny and Nina. You've got Pirago Guy is the one who, like, starts it. <laughs> you've got um, Abuela is, like, really, you know, showing her true colors of how, like, she sees the positive in everything and everyone's freaking out around her and she's just excited this, that she can see the stars. And you've got... Uh, Nina's dad like looking for her and singing about how he loves his family um, it's just amazing and um, so two things that always like get my heart going with this song is um, number one is the very beginning when they're like oye que paso I like always think of what we did when I directed it which is we had um, a couple members of the step team in the cast oh, wow. and so we had a blackout and so under like all of them singing the first thing you heard was like a oye que paso blackout blackout and you could hear the stomps and then they had a clap going oh, wow. and so there was like stepping happening mm -hmm. under this as the lights were like slowly fading up mm -hmm. um, and I just always think of how cool that was um, but the thing that like I love so much about it is um, the graffiti Pete and um, Sunny dialogue that happens because these are two teenagers and so like and you can see like throughout the play that everyone keeps acting like they're just these like annoying teenagers and everyone like treats graffiti Pete like he's a thug and he in this script is talking about like okay we gotta go like he's scared and he's like I see some thugs coming man and like he's helping him like save the store and it just like reminds me so much of like the kids that I'm with, you know, every day. Like sometimes there are people who just like see them as like annoying teenagers or like thugs. And it's like, no, they're like kids. They just want to be safe. They just want their world to be safe. And like Graffiti Pete goes on to do this amazing mural later. And like he's all about heart. He's not like just like tagging things. He's like creating beauty in the world. And that's why it's so good.
the street. People looting and shooting. Sunny, they wanna see your robbery. We gotta keep moving. Nah, man, I can't leave. We gotta guard the store. They're gonna bombard the store until you ain't got a store no more. I got more. a baseball bat on a rack in the back. I got a couple of Roman candles. We can distract the vendors. Hey, yo, I see some thugs coming. Then we gonna get jacked Give up. Give me your life. I'll be right back. Back up, back up, back up. This kind of just reminds me of, I guess, like a certain, not genre, but we'll just call it genre of songs that it's like a big scene, like a lot of threads are like coming together or overlapping. And then it just builds to like this beautiful transcendent moment of like this, and this one is the fireworks, fireworks, and it's just like set so beautifully and like very uplifting way. And yeah. And what's so brilliant about Lin-Manuel Miranda is he writes he writes musicals that speak to modern day music but he also knows his he knows his classics and he knows great mm -hmm. musical structure um i'm sorry i would put blackout up against defying gravity as the best act one closer mm -hmm. any day uh -huh. <laughs> um even to the point that i saw the, i saw a, a philly production of this show and it got to the end of act one and they had the blackout and then it went right into intermission mm -hmm. and i went up to the house manager i'm like you, you missed a show you missed a number. You didn't do the blackout number. And they, they said, like, oh, okay, well, the director wanted it to be the opening of Act 2, and we got the permission from the creators. And it just it just messed with the flow of the show mm -hmm. so much. You need that yeah. You need that ending. You need that, that, that moment of beauty to go yeah. out into... Because you, 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 you're invested in these characters. You're scared for these yeah. characters. You have and you to need, yeah. respect the flow yeah. of the, the act structure. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of that song, you, get, you have the kiss between... Benny and yes. Nina, and you're like, once you get to intermission, you're just like, <sighs> yep. And then yeah. it starts with them waking <laughs> up together for sunrise and everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess one, if you get permission to do it, but I don't know what that what that choice was about. <laughs> right. That show was just so perfectly structured, and and having that number where it was just made the most sense. Yeah. For why is this so good? We're gonna move on to Motherhood March from Hello Dolly. Mm -hmm. uh, so why did you pick this song for why is this so good? Well, I, I as I mentioned before, I worked on Hello Dolly with middle schoolers, mm -hmm. and it was like it was just such a fun song to stage because I love these kind of songs that it's about. It serves the function of not just having a great musical number, but it's about tricking a character. Mm -hmm. I love those things, and you look at you look at songs like. Trouble from Music Man, mm -hmm. or um, um, Sit Down You're Rockin' the Boat from um, it's these, uh, uh, from Guys and Dolls. It's these yeah. great numbers that you're trying to deceive someone. Yeah. And Motherhood is Horace Vandergelder Cam comes in, um, Dolly is trying to um, hide Horace and Barnaby, and they're yeah. they're in the women's hat shop, and they just have this this song, and it's and they're just like, okay, like how can we 
how can we describe Van Gelder? Well, he's he's patriotic, so let's just sing a song about patriotism. <laughs> but it's it's really funny and and witty, where it's just like that great American Moses. It's just a showcase for for Dolly. Um, obviously, you, you have that like her next big number is mm-hmm. before the parade passes by. But it's I love these little numbers where she just yeah. really gets to be funny. Um, yeah. And there's not a ton of there's not a ton of golden age musicals where women get to be super funny. Yeah. And this is not just Dolly, but mm-hmm. it's. It's Dolly and Minnie and mm-hmm. um, Irene. Uh, Irene Malloy and, and and tricking the the dumb man, which is always good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I love about this song is like when you really look at what the lyrics are. Like it's a lot of familiar phrases, right. like motherhood, America, hot lunch for orphans, Betsy Ross's flat. Like it's, it's complete nonsense. It is. Who it's... is uh, who is uh, do you see him? Who who are they referring to? Um, and yeah, and there and there's that one moment. <laughs> And it's and it's one of those songs too where like you have to lean in uh-huh. to really get all the jokes because yeah. especially there's the one point where Irene and Minnie are singing something mm-hmm. and Dolly's singing something and you're right it's gibberish where it's like Alamo remember the Alamo yeah um, in the words of Lincoln one by land two if by sea <laughs> yeah. Dad I chopped the trifecta to oh Stonewall Jackson it doesn't make any sense yeah it's like the, they're just singing these yeah. things but the the action is what's important right. it's it's the action because. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, when Minnie says to form a more perfect union, it's she's hiding Barnaby. Or, right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for damn the torpedoes full speed ahead, that's when like Dolly would, would grab Horace and like, oh no, look this way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's all like, it's all just like really fun. I yeah, we did this show when I was in high school. Who'd you play? Uh, I was in the chorus. Okay, yeah. Um, a great, it's a great chorus. It's show. a great chorus show. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, my friends and I, we just loved this song because, like, there was just so many funny lines. We'd be, you know, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. And, like, and the melody to it is really catchy, like, um, and kind of pretty. Like, it's kind mm-hmm. of a pretty melody. Um, it is. This, this, this score is just, I would just call the score one of the perfect scores mm-hmm. out there. Um, there, I was, I was almost going to pick Elegance because... Elegance is just such a fun number. Yeah, it's similar to this. It it is very similar. It's it's about performing, and it's about deceiving. And I love how Act 2 is... I mean, Act 1 is very much... It's it's very much Dolly in Act Mm 1. But Act 2, you realize, like, Dolly doesn't really come in until, like, a half an hour into Act Mm 2. And it's so much about the two couples, and it's about... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a really... And and then especially when um, when I directed this, I I made sure to read the Thorn Wilder play the the Matchmaker, mm-hmm. and it's, it's such a really brilliant adaptation yeah. of the of the musical. I think I think the the book writer of the musical was um, Michael Stewart. Michael Stewart, who also did Barnum, which is another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another, he did he yeah. did a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I just think it's also funny Motherhood March. There is no character in this show that is. A mother that no. is a parent, and it's like this whole song. I stand for motherhood. I just mm-hmm. think it's a funny little uh, and I mean side that's, thing there. And that's another thing about Dolly, or and and the the kind of actor of a certain the kind of actor of a certain mm-hmm. age that would play Dolly, where like you're not being the mother. Mm-hmm. You are, you are, you are an act. Um, most times it's an actress over 40, 50 right. and it's you're it's it's an older looking for love and looking yeah. for uh, she has a great line for her she says like she's ready to rejoin the human race right. 
I stand for motherhood, America, and a hot lunch for orphans. Take off your hat, sir. Betsy Ross's flag is passing. Do you see him on the hill at Gettysburg? Need that great triumphal arch. If you see him as he's trampling through the grapes of wrath, stand up and march, march, march. I stand for motherhood, America, and a hot lunch for orphans. Take off your hats, sir. There's a tear-stained eagle passing due. Do you see him on the bridge at Waterloo? Stonewall Jackson, glory, glory, hallelujah. Stand up and march, march. Horse corn seven years ago. March, march. To form a more perfect union. March, march. Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. March, march, march. We always wrap up with our section, Something Wonderful. Mm -hmm one thing that you're either looking forward to or um, want to give a shout out to. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait for Moulin Rouge the musical. Nice. I'm so excited. I saw it in Boston. It's amazing. I already have my tickets for June. It celebrates people from all walks of life and that's what we need right now in the world. Great. Okay, I'm going to be difficult because it's technically not a musical. It's a play with music, but it, got, it just got a cast recording, so I'm going to say it's a musical. Mm -hmm. um, but the Arden Theater in Philadelphia is doing the Philadelphia premiere of Indecent, and I love that show so uh, much. Wait, which theater in Philadelphia? Uh, the Arden Theater. I'm Arden. sorry, the Arden Theater in Philadelphia. They're mm -hmm. doing the Philly premiere of Indecent, and I got to see it on Broadway, what was it, two seasons ago? Mm -hmm. I love that that play so much, and and I'm sorry, it is a musical. Music is just such an important piece to that show in terms of just moving the plot along. Um and it, for those who've seen it, you'll never think of the song Oklahoma in the same way. <laughs> um, it's just a great, great show, and I cannot wait to see, basically just see it again. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Scene to Song. Please write to us at scenetosong at gmail.com at any time with a comment or question about an episode, musical theater, or if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Follow Scene to Song on Twitter at Scene Song, as well as on Facebook at Scene to Song with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast. And be sure to rate us on iTunes, review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode. Mm -hmm.